Marissa scores. There's scenes here at Perry Park. Chris Lynn has taken the wild thing and sent him. Welcome again to another episode of the Beyond the Sidelines podcast. Boys, joining me, Finn and Campbell. Awesome. How are we? Good, mate. I'm good. We've got a man over the phone, MIA. Next thing you know is Finn in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, Finn in Japan. I love that. That was a funny introduction. What do you think of it? Do you like it? I enjoyed it. Brought a smile to my face. You're welcome. Done by yours truly. And we're actually at at Campbell's... Uh, mm. Beach House in St. Lucia. Yeah, today, the waves, it's, it's probably what, three feet? Three yeah, feet waves I can, down. I can hear the waves crashing outside. Mm. Have you um, gone surfing yet, mate? Or? Nah, they haven't put the fish net, uh, the shark nets out yet, so going to wait till that okay. happens. <laughs> uh, better be safe. Yeah, you know what it is. I haven't slipped off slapped either, so should get on that. Right. Of course. We will get on to, of course, our Fast Five, our new segment. Yeah. Um, started last week. We'll continue it this well, week. Did it start last mate, week? It started two weeks ago. Yeah, come on. Can you call it? Did, Can you did, call it now? What do you guys think of it? Was it like two it? weeks ago? I think yeah. it was. Yeah. I, think, I think we've been doing it for two weeks. What do, you, do you guys like it? I, I love it. It's I great. love it too. Yeah. Get the information out there quickly. It's good. We added the timer this week too. So. Yeah. Anyway, speaking yeah. of Production the timer. Production value. Speaking Production of the timer. Production value. We will start it now. Awesome. So first topic of discussion, worst grand final. We saw it this weekend. I mean, I won $103 on a multi, so personally it was my best uh, grand final other than 2016, but it actually is the third worst grand final defeat in history, um, and it's actually the Suns, oh, not Suns, GWS's worst ever loss. It is. Yeah, yeah it was It was pretty pretty dismal performance from GWS. Their, their lowest ever score in... Mm. A game this year, and mate, it, they left it for the grand final. You're you're the fan it, here, mate. Yeah, I am the fan, and surprisingly, unsurprisingly, I didn't watch it because they don't stream AFL in Japan. Really? Um, yeah, they don't. Breaking news. But no, it's obviously I saw the score, and it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to perform like that on the biggest stage. You've got to have a hard look at yourself, GWS. It's um, yeah, it's atrocious. Yeah, I mean, I'm just happy because uh, Toby Green didn't win a flag. Isn't everyone happy about that? <laughs> and and his and his uh, dad got <laughs> arrested, so even bigger yeah, for win pu- for punching a female officer. Yeah, that I was think. terrible. That's what he what Run, he went to court runs for, in the so. family. Anyway, there's the buzzer. We've got now. Is the NRL not competitive enough? So Gussie, well, you uh, kick it off in this one. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, Finn wanted to get in there, but I'll I'll start us off here. Um, so the Sydney Roosters and Melbourne Storm, of course, are being probably the two most dominant teams in the NRL. The stats prove it. Since This was really surprising, actually. Since 2004, Sydney Roosters and Melbourne Storm have a combined 11 minor premierships, 11 out of 15, um, and have won six premierships between them over the last 12 years. That's that's amazing. That's an amazing record. And does it, 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 it kind of shows that, obviously, um, either there's not enough talent or... The other sides in the competition just aren't as well drilled as sides like the Roosters or Melbourne. Look, that that is dominance. That's dominance. Yeah. That's as dominant as it gets. So thanks for that, Google. You know, you have <laughs> you have the you have God, the you're Roosters. a horrible. But, well, where else am I going to find it, mate? It was actually oh, the NRL website, wasn't it? Bing Google. is where NRL. you're going to find com. it. Bing. It was NRL.com. Okay, all right. That's you have you have the Roosters. Dominant. You have the Storm. 
You have the Roosters, you have the Storm, you have the Warriors. The, th the three most dominant teams that okay. play in the NRL. I think say, we need a bit more competitive balance. Head and shoulders above the rest. Say the Warriors? Like, does the NRL need a draft system? They do need a draft system, but that's for later. spread it out. Time, yeah. time, 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 time. Okay. Was Checker right? Finn, you're going to start this off. Are the Wallabies sure. getting hard done by? I think if you watch the Wallabies versus Wales game from a few days ago, they certainly did not get the rub of the ground. Uh, the incident that stands out is Samu Karevi. He got charged for leading with his forearm when he was running the ball at uh, mm -hmm. Reese Patchell, I think, the mm -hmm. reserve fly half for Wales. The other big talking point was the intercept try that Wales scored. That was a great try. Uh, was it? I thought it was, but, but was, he could have been offside. The, was the scrum half offside? Now, what you've got to consider is the last feet of Wales. Now, remember, it's not halfway through the ruck, and that's what a lot of people online have been saying. Mm -hmm. uh, offside is the last feet of the Wales of the Wales players attached to the ruck. So, yeah. for that reason, I think he was probably probably just offside. Look, so I, I think yeah. was right. I feel yeah. But I feel as though Checker should be focusing more on improving the side for the next game rather than focusing on little refereeing incidents. Yeah. I mean, Pocock's being hounded as always, so it's still a problem. Anyway, that's time. We'll talk about it later. A.B. De Villiers has signed for the Heat, boys. The Brizzy Heat. Wow. What a this is I'm excited. This is great, not just for the Brisbane Heat, but for the Big Bash, because I think we can all admit the Bash was pretty dire last year, gents. It was oh. pretty dire. Um, two, year, two years ago, I watched pretty much every game. Same. Yep. L last year, it was a bit of a rarity if I watched one. So I think this is the lifeline the BBL needs. And uh, yeah, AB, let's watch him light up the gamma. Well, oh, he, yeah. He's the biggest, he's probably the biggest signing I think the BBL's had. If I, I, don't, I can't really think of a better player than a more high caliber player than AB de Villiers and probably the best South African um Test match player and probably one of the best T20 players in the world. Uh, well, we had Brandon McCullum. He was an inaugural player with the Brisbane Heat. But uh, mm. last year we had Joe Root and Josh Butler signed with the Sydney Thunder. So yeah. it's not like the BBL's been lacking superstars, but I think Brisbane this, especially has lacked superstars. You'd, you'd have to say this is probably the 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 best. He he's up there. He's up there with Virat and 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 Again. players in that calibre. Donny. Mm. Oh, I'd say. I'd say Brendan McCullum because I think he's the best T20 player to ever play. But AB, massive. Time. All right. Speaking about cricket, boys, who knew the Bulls Masters comps were starting? Gussie did, so. Well, Gussie yeah. did, but yeah. we're supposed to know and we didn't know. I think the word and the marketing advertising of, I guess, Queensland cricket, I don't know how well but, they're doing. But isn't that why we're here, boys? We're we're the ones that are that are gonna get people knowing about the Bulls Masters competition because not a lot of people know about it. Um, look, and look, it's the it's the grade below Sheffield Shield. It is, and That's you get a lot of Sheffield Shield players. You get a lot of Brisbane Heat players playing in this competition. It's a good competition. It is a great Should be covered more. Definitely. But people don't go to the Sheffield Shield, and I think for the Australian cricket public, for the fans, it's either you watch the internationals, the summer of cricket, Test cricket, mm -hmm. or you watch the Big Bash. Most so certainly. the some. The summer of cricket really starts when the Big Bash starts, which is a shame because the Sheffield Shield, I don't know, be a good thing for Aussie cricket if that could get a bit more of a following. I mean, and we've already had the Ashes, and I don't know how popular this series was. What do you guys think? Was it the most... I watched a lot of it. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was 
Maybe just because it's not a home Ashes series. Yeah. Well, uh, I I think it's the first one I can recall actually watching. The, like the first mm. English Ashes I can recall watching. Maybe. Um, I thought I thought it was a great Ashes series. Um, very competitive and mm. some amazing games. That 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 um Stokes innings. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. Mainly because it was He's a criminal. Horrible <coughs> moment of my life. I was in the back room at two a.m. Stayed up till two a.m. to watch Stokes beat us. So that was time, time is well and truly gone at this point, but uh, we'll keep talking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was an interesting one. Um, but I think we'll move on to uh, this week's guest. Who have we got, Gussie? Right. This week, we have Johnny McMurtry to talk to us about his rugby union coaching um, program. Yeah, he's got an interesting um, background, mainly in coaching between... Co- well, he was from coaches to coaching the coaches, Um and he's worked with ARU, he's worked with some great sides, works a lot with UQ at the moment, has a lot of research, so we encourage you to go check out his website, check out his research, really interesting stuff. Uh, but should we let them yep. hear it? Yeah, you guys can hear it right now. So joining us now is Johnny McMurtry, Nailed it. Uh, from, coach <laughs> <laughs> from coachingthecoaches.net. How are you, Johnny? Good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, great. How are you? Welcome to the show, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks for the awesome invite. Sweet. So I yeah. guess to start us off, because you're not an athlete, I guess people want to know. <laughs> hey, don't don't <laughs> skip to conclusions. <laughs> you still could be. You still could be. Yeah. But I guess people want to know, like, can you tell us a bit about your research? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, so I started my research about three or four years ago. Um, it's been involved with the all this, well, back then, all the Super Rugby franchises, including the Force. Um, my research was around looking why uh, 17 to 20 year old players were actually involved in the sport. Um, we were looking at uh, what we call personal striving. So it's what people are, tr- uh, these players were typically trying to do in sport and away from sport. So ultimately it was, it, it was trying to paint a picture for coaches of why these players are involved, create greater connection, um, and just ultimately understand why they're, you know, what, what interests them in rugby uh, and away from rugby. So again, they can just uh, create that better level of connection or deepness of connection. Uh, one, of the, one of the ideas, well, there's twofold for this, was um, my son, now 17, dropped out of rugby twice. And again, it, was, it came down to because overzealous coaching, they call it that. Um, yeah, just coaches weren't aligned, very focused on, they call it focused on the scoreboard focused on flags, championships and things like that and just, uh, you know, I mean, these fellas just weren't interested. They're 13, 14 years of age and whatever. Um, and another point was I took, uh, spoke to Jason Gilmore fairly early on, now the um, under-20s Australian coach. He had gone from um, Churchy, I don't mind saying the school, Churchy to the Reds Academy environment. Um, and again, the big thing he said, he, like he would have players that, um, you know, he'd have 20 plus hours contact and then it was streamed right down to about four hours contact because they were committed to other clubs and things like that so again it was trying to offer them a tool a framework for how they could better understand their players why they're interested in playing what you know why they're ultimately involved in the sport um so yeah that 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 was the idea of it and then i'm just now in the writing phase just using a lot of the research, the data that we find to try and offer, not just in rugby, but I'm now involved in a couple of the other sports, swimming, soccer teams across Brisbane, trying to use that idea of a framework uh, because it was all done by SurveyMonkey. So, you know, if coaches want to implement it, they can. Um, again, just to try and better understand why, you know, these players or athletes, swimmers, whatever it might be, are involved in the sport. So 
And what yeah. differences have you found between sports? Um, differences between sports, that's a good one. Not... Thank you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good question. Um, not much, to be honest, especially in that age grade. Um, again, so I'm dealing with, for the example of swimming to rugby, it's still in that relevant age grade. Uh, so the swimmers I'll deal mostly with at the moment, um, dealing with the bloke, uh, Lock, uh, Lachlan Sharples at Southside Aquatics. He, he predominantly is dealing with, say, late school. So we're talking 15, 16, 17-year-old swimmers. Um, so what, you know, and this is where, again, they're trying to build um, their techniques and how they swim um, you know, and how they move within the water, to call it that. But at the same time, they're still 15, 16, 17 years of age. They're still... Uh, involved in school work you know I mean distracted by Facebook whatever it might be so it's for him to try and talk and relate to them in a way that they'll understand uh, through and through just better understanding of what they're actually interested in involved in um, like we've discussed other ideas of trying to get them involved in other sports so again they don't get too focused and too honed in on times or medals or meets or anything like that if they go away and do another sport then they can possibly come back with greater enthusiasm as an example. Um, yeah, so to, to come back to your question, what differences are in it? Um, not much, again, not much. Ultimately, we're, we're too, we as coaches like to believe that the environment this player stepped in is, you know, I mean, the be all and end all. It's the most important thing they'll do today, this week, this year, and things like that. But uh, there's just so much more. Um, yeah, so much more layers to the onion to call it that. Again, they, you know, I mean, my 17-year-old's involved in school. He's involved in summer sport. He has a part-time job and things like that. So it's trying to understand, trying to get coaches to understand that, you know, I mean, there's actually more layers to them, more things about it. And a lot of these fellas might just be involved in rugby as an example because that's just what they've always done. Um, whereas, you know, the coaches just think, well, you know, I mean, ultimately they're involved in it because they want to win flags championships whatever it might be but it just it, it wasn't the case even in my research and the findings that we found from the super 20 players it just wasn't the case they weren't there wasn't a lot of talk of winning or um you know a collective success to call it that they're very interested in and a lot of these players are now i've moved on to super you know i mean they're actual super players involved in it now it was that individual focus that in you know, they wanted to ultimately improve themselves, stay in the sport to try and make themselves better. Um, they had certain goals and ideals that they wanted to improve on. Um, but again, there wasn't this overall collective success. And again, whether that's just because it was a short program, it was, you know, I mean, back then the Super 20 competition was only about two months. You know, they were introduced pre-season in November and then like, I think the final was around March or something like that, you know. So, so again, it was a short program. So how much level of connection could they build, you know, ultimately with other players because it was only, you know, training twice a week, as an example, they're involved in club or whatever else it might have been. So, um, so yeah, how much could it be invested into the overall program or this big umbrella? Whereas, you know, ultimately it was you know, the, them trying to improve themselves and better themselves within rugby as well. So, mm. so you're trying to have coaches kind of adjust to fix the environment within a sports team to suit the player but mm -hmm. millennials who you're dealing with haven't we just gone soft compared to you know athletes 20 years ago coaches were a lot more direct and that worked so and they still are 
you know what I mean? And, and again, so then, and that can almost be seen as the level of impact that they're trying to get. Again, the point you're making is a very good one. Um, yeah, uh, ultimately, and I try to, I, I, a lot of people don't like this because I try to use the example of, you know, marketing or products that's out there now. At the end of the day, for the example of the iPhone, it's only about 15 years old or something like that. You go back 15 years, people wouldn't have thought what we do now on a phone would have existed or happened. So, but again, markets, expectations, everything's changed. So why can't how we present coaching or how we present rugby change with it? As you say, like, you look at even the landscape of rugby. I watched the first NRC game there the other day. We're talking now 50-20 kicks, goal line dropouts. Again, it doesn't necessarily feel right. Um, but if it's going to be an improvement to the game, and and then you you have to adjust, just as you said, you just have to adjust to it. Well, innovations that that's how you survive, right? As Correct. A sport. That's it. And and again, it's and it's it's attention as well. So how do you create an environment, as you suggested? How do you create an environment where you're improving the attention of the person that you're trying to ultimately stay? For this example, stay involved in the sport. Yeah. I mean, part of the again, part of the reason I did this is. Uh, go back four or five years ago, numbers in 15s were dwindling yep. fairly hard. Hmm. And again, for what you just said, Rugby Australia adjusted massively and put a bit more focus into sevens, crossfield sevens, women's sevens, and probably seen a benefit as a result in that in the last Olympics and hopefully this one as well. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's just for me how I wanted to provide or what I wanted to do was exactly as you said, offer a snapshot of well this is what this cohort of players is like how should you have adjusted back then and how can you adjust now now you do a lot of work with uq now can mm. you outline some of the main things you do um look well i've done yeah work with uq in the past um i was involved in the cold setup there for a few years um the Colts Colts one program um just did a lot of coaching for you know players who had come out of school same thing we were just trying to transition because uh, and again, you you fellas probably understand coming out of school sport where it's very prescribed, and you almost feel like you have to do it. There's a lot of fellas we were finding. You know, we can. Uh, there's a couple of examples that stick out in my mind. Um, fellas who come down from the Sunshine Coast, Queensland schools players, but all of a sudden had a choice. They didn't have to show up for training. There was no one telling them what time, where to be, and things like that. So what we did as a coaching cohort, you know, I mean, a few years ago, was to try and get them to understand, well, you know, why, what do you actually like about rugby? Why are you involved? You know, what is it that you like? Is it the social aspect of it? Because that's cool. You can buy into that. <laughs> you go to that UQ clubhouse, especially on finals weekends, there's a lot of beers <laughs> and a lot of things going on. If that's what you're interested in it for, that's cool. You know what I mean? But then don't, don't shade it as someone else. And again, it was trying to understand the expectations of the um, as coaches for us to understand. Yeah, I mean that we have to meet those expectations and what the you know what these players want ultimately are involved in or what they want to get from the sport as well. So. Mm. And is there a big difference between do you think club rugby and school rugby? Do you think there's a passion that's for school rugby and a connectiveness and a culture behind it that's different when they go to clubs out of school? Yes. Mm. Um, and again, you fellas, um, obviously going around the fields for the GPS competition, there is a lot of um, tribal buy-in, old boy culture and things like that. And again, I, you know, that's 100%. I, I, again, if you're coming from a school, you'll always support that school, whether it's BBC, Grammar, whatever it might be. You, you, you still want to see them improve. But you're stepping into the club culture and atmosphere it's a bit different again everyone's got um you know even at the cold age grade you'll see some fellas who are at uni some are starting to trade 
um, girlfriends, whatever it is on the side and things like that. So when they step into this environment, it's it's probably the opposite of the school. So at the end of the day, like, again, you're stepping onto um, the field for a GPS environment. It's 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 almost the culmination of the week, whereas these fellas seen it as a release or an escape. Um, so probably less pressure, less um, expectation on results, and more about just how to enjoy the rugby. So again, I, 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 I've seen, you know, I mean, a lot of the first 15 games, especially in the GPS environment, and again, so how those fellas, um, yeah, how, how those fellas can can manage uh, and understand the expectations and pressures to perform. Um, when there's, you know, I mean, 6,000, you know, I mean, there's pupils, ex-pupils, old boys, you know, expecting results. Uh, whereas then, as I say, you've, if you step into the Colts environment, and that has a flip side as well, when that expectation and level of attention is gone, then these some fellas then lose, well, what's the actual point in playing, I guess, as well. So it's hard. It's hard, you know, and that's where um, Colts rugby is... is probably slightly suffering as a result. I think numbers have improved across the board f- for most clubs uh, the past few years. Um, but again, it's, it's just trying to find that link between school rugby, club rugby, and the expectations within it, essentially. Mm. So. And you mentioned expectations, and you mentioned kind of that having to perform with ex-pupils and a lot of pressure with that, especially in school rugby. We've seen BBC implement mental skills coaches recently. How important do you think that is, or it doesn't make a big difference to the squads? Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, it's just just for what we were talking about that expectation of as well. Um, yeah, uh, there, there was a couple of fellas. Uh, I, I went down for um, a couple of years ago down to BBC and was involved in you know, some of the 16s and things like that. And again, it's just that expectation of. Um, you know how how can they line up what's expected to them to how to perform and again it's it's getting them into as the all blacks call the red zone or the blue zone so how do you get yourself into a state of calm where you can see and understand what you're expected to do as opposed to you know, that that heightened sense of excitement to where it, it, you you can't you can't even think you can't even you know I mean concept how to perform how to try and act and react as part of a team especially um, yeah, it's, it's it's hard. the The idea of you know, mental skills coaches again, it's if, coming back to my research. It's it's understanding what the the players are want to do or trying to do. Um, coaches are uh, common coaching across the board over the past few years has got very focused on the the technical technical side of things. Um, looking for the 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 magic move, the magic line out player, something like that, as opposed to just um, creating better understanding, as you said, of well, if you understand the player that's standing in front of you, then you can better understand how to get them into a position where you can get them to a state of calm, understanding, and they can just play freely, openly, you know, being able to essentially block out the six thousand people or whatever it might be sitting there watching. You know, I mean, the GPS versus the team game as an example. So, and again, that, that that's for that. You know, I mean, when they move into the Colts atmosphere, then there's potentially less need for or you know there's potentially less need for these mental skills coaches to call it that um because again it's they're in a performance where they or they're in an atmosphere where they perform to enjoy as opposed to that that you know performing to, to expectations or, or or what what the the old boys want to, they or expect the results to happen so Sure. These principles, is that how you coached when you coached at Colts? And how did that differ to other coaches at UQ at the time? 
I don't mind saying I, when I started coaching and things like that, it was yeah, I I was very much about the X's and O's. It's only taken through time and things like that as well. Like it's taken a lot of, the research has certainly helped, um, a lot of reading and reflection and whatever. Um, when we were at Co- when I you know especially at UQ at Colts, um, because we had a, a quite a large cohort, you know we had three or four coaches involved in most teams, um, we were able to. You know, I mean, have chats with players, work out what's going on, um, on the field, off the field. So we were able to get those sense of connection. Um, whereas I understand with a lot of teams, especially the the lower ages, it might be hard, um, because you're one coach, you'll probably have ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen players, whatever it might be. Um, but it's that's why again trying to establish that sense of frame or a framework where they can better understand the players why they're involved. Um, but yeah, coming back to your question, look, it, it takes time. It takes self-reflection. Coaching is cyclical, uh, both in its nature because it's every season and you start again, but it's also that idea of well, what did I do well? What did I not do so well? Not being afraid to ask the players as well. Like again, it's we feel as a coach that we have to be top-heavy and driven down. Um, whereas the more you can involve in the players, the more you can ask the players of. Well, what's cool? You know, I mean, what worked, what didn't work? Giving them a sense of autonomy, uh, where they're involved in the bit of the decision making, even the practice design. If you can release that much, then if you can offer them more input, more areas where they can offer you ideas and offer you uh, feedback on it, then the more they'll buy into it. And that's it's it's and again, it's hard. You know, I mean, it coming back to the likes of a certainly a GPS first fifteen where. A lot of the coaches are employed, even think some of the 16A coaches are employed and they'll sign contracts. There's an expectation with that. So they're reluctant or feel they're less able to offer um, that sense of autonomy to the players. And maybe it's just a uh, conception thing where they believe that some of these fellas are 16, 17 years of age and how can they possibly work out, you know, I mean, what what would be the right move or the right practice design. But... At the end of the day, a lot of a lot of things I say for for coaches at, at age grade rugby certainly is, I can imagine you know they've played against the same players week in week out for seven years, so I'm sure they have ideas that probably we couldn't haven't come up with, and to possibly you know I mean, uh, break the nut instead of uh, our ideas. So, mm. and part of your research is trying to figure out what motivates players. So, what have you found? Um. Yeah, coming back to what we were talking about before, again, it's not that overarching. Again, we, we feel that players are solely involved in rugby to um, win premierships, win flags, you know, win GPS titles or whatever it might be. But again, ultimately, they're, they're in there to improve themselves. That, that, that was the, the overarching theme was they were, they were in it to improve themselves as a rugby player but again yeah just improve themselves as a person as well they were they were there to challenge themselves the older they got the more they realized it was you know i mean it was these other skills it wasn't solely catch pass kick so on and so forth it was as you, you know when you talked about before that mental strength the resilience what happens you know i mean if you know, in the first minute i drop a ball do you just drop the head for the next 79 minutes or how do i pick up myself and go again so it's the, the it was that build up of the other skills as well um, and again, it was just, it, 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 there was a lot of focus of um, you know, that rugby was their um, sort of main area of release and things like that. But again, it found more and more that they come to rugby to essentially do a job. And then from that, then they'll step away. And there was a lot more talk of enjoyment, um, fun factors away from rugby. They come there, 
they test themselves, they try and improve themselves, and then they step away. So they, they didn't necessarily see it as a job for this. And again, we're talking in a high-performance environment. We're, this is the Reds, the Waratahs. They, they were working for contracts. Um, so that sense of fun and enjoyment was probably found elsewhere. Um, so you, you could say they looked at it as a job, but realistically, again, it was just that ultimate drive, internal drive and trying to push on and work for hard for themselves. So, mm. What are some of the important coaching methods that you teach um, mm. other coaches? Um, the big thing I start with uh, for a lot of coaches in most sport is ask questions first. So again, um, I was at a big thing. I, I was at... Um, something with the NRL, um, a coaching forum there with the NRL the other day. And again, they always, the one thing that they promote to their coaches is quite powerful as well, is step back before you step in. Let, let's let's actually see what the players can do. Um, first, do they, if, if, if training's boggy or it's messy or something like that, then let them try and fix it. Let them try and correct it. Because again, ultimately, and the other point is, you don't, as a coach, you don't get to step over the paint. You can offer ideas, reflection, things like that. You could probably offer some ideas at the start of the game, halftime at the end. But ultimately, the players here, you know, for the rugby example, they step over the paint. So you've got to let them do it. Um, for that, then, they offer greater ideas and greater concepts. Um, my big thing is to ask questions. So then they have to answer, they feel heard. All of a sudden then you're getting that dialogue, you're building those relationships as well. If it's very, um, like you uh, talked about before, where it's very top driven, older style, you know, I mean, players are turning up to be told, then you're not gonna get that sense of engagement. They're not gonna buy, they're not gonna buy what you're gonna sell, what mm-hmm. you're trying to sell, sorry, because they don't feel that they're given an option to buy it, if that makes sense. Um, the more you involve them, the, and again, like like I talked about before, I, I understand where you you mightn't have enough a lot of room to offer them ideas around practice designs, um, how they, you know I mean, how they could play the game even. But the more you can offer that to them and ask questions around it, then again, the greater sense of buy-in that you'll get. So, um, that's probably the main thing to start off with, as I say, is asking questions. But it's ultimately trying to build up those you know coach-athlete relationships because again, the more you can build up on that then the more you can afford to let go. Like if you understand that, you know, I mean, say some of your players at the course level again are studying, studying um, exercise physiology or something like that, they can run the warm-up. They know how to run stretching and things like that. But again, if you don't understand who your players are and what they do, then you'll never be able to give, you'll, you'll just, you'll constantly be chasing your tail as a coach, so. Right, and Johnny, final question, mate. Um, this direct winning mentality of coaches, that's mm-hmm. been ingrained in them from a young age. So. Mm-hmm. Do you think change is realistic or have you seen change in terms of how coaches approach their training sessions? A bit, but again, that's that's. I think that's come from around what you talked about before where they've had to change at the end of the day. The players that are coming through are not like the players they were 5, 10, 15 years ago as well. They've had to change um, through, as you said, just tr- trying to create that sense of engagement um, and, and getting that player buy-in, player interest, um, but possibly not enough. And, and again, we're, we're six months away from 2020. At the end of the day, there's other ways that fellas, um, you know, I mean, at that age grade coming through can entertain themselves in the most PC way you can imagine. Like, at the end of the day, it's not like, say, 30 years ago where fellas would turn up to find that sense of connection or sense of belonging um, in competitive sport. Now you can, you know, there's, we're talking esports, 
um, online gaming as an, as an example that's again the most PC friendly example there's <laughs> other ways that um, fellas can creatively um, uh, enhance and uh, enjoy themselves um, but yeah so we as coaches we just need to keep keep adapting keep evolving keep asking questions keep understanding why these players again in a rugby example are involved in the sport um, or is to say that the, ultimately the numbers will drop away again so Mm-hmm. Right, well, thanks for coming on, Johnny. We really appreciate it. Um, you, can, you can read more about Johnny on his website, coachingthecoaches.net, and he's also on Facebook under the same name, Coaching the Coaches. So thanks again, Johnny. Cool. Thanks for having me. Well, that was a terrific interview from Johnny McMurtry. What did you boys think? Terrific's a new one, mate. Yeah, it is terrific a Terrific is a new one. Look, if you couldn't tell, too, he is Irish, and we were speaking off-air with him, too, about Ireland before the World Cup, and I'll tell you what, he can't be happy right now. He cannot be happy. But he also said uh, England was the team to beat, which uh, so did you, Gussie. So, yeah, I I have big raps for England for this. Gussie's also the same guy who said Russia are a dark horse. So they're a oh, smoke. Th- the competition isn't over yet. We've still we've still got a long way to go for Russia. Look, uh, if mean, Russia win it, if Russia oh, win it, could win it all. Boys, you'll be thanking me. Next 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 cycle, next cycle. They've got it. Yeah, yeah. of course, of course. Anyway, what do we got first, boys? Well, boys, we're talking uni games, and Campbell, you'll fill us in a mm. bit more about what this actually is. Yes. So, so can you supr- tell us supreme, more? The supreme athlete but, that I am. Yeah. Um, is we should get you on the podcast. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> I would really appreciate that, guys. I love what you're doing. Um, the, it's the, so much fun. It's the second year I've gone. Did you want to say something? Campbell, butting in, mate. We don't want to hear about the sport. No, you don't we hear about, know about the. We want to know about the off-field festivities. Mm. What's it like to be at the uni games? Yeah, away um, from away from the mound. Uh, it's great. Um, the first thing I'll say is, <laughs> off UTS. Um, <laughs> I'll have to bleep that, but that's fine. We can do that. That's what you yell whenever there's a UTS student there, God. which is University of Technology Sydney. Um, What's wrong nerds. With you, that's rule one. Bloody nerds. Uh, it used to be a TAFE, and it's just good fun. Even they get into it. You can start screaming it in the middle of Sin City on the night cl- on a Ooh. night, and uh, boys, it'll when's our next trip to Sin City? I mean, I mean, it's our first Cincinnati, no, um, Sin City Bengals, Sin City Bengals. Um, no, it's really fun though. So there's a lot of rules that go into it. I can't disclose all of them, um, but you guys can quiz me about a few to find out. I'll give you the name of one, and you have to. I'll give you three or five. We'll see how we're going for time. Yeah. I'll give you the name of one. You guys have to have a guess. I'm putting you on the spot here. We didn't talk about this. And then I'll tell you what it is. Okay. So they've Ooh, all got okay. weird names. These are for the rookies. I'm not a rookie this year. This yeah. is my second okay. year. So thank the Lord. Okay. He's escaped. Veteran. Well, Finn, you're a rookie, so you can answer this first one. Okie dokie. <laughs> what is... Here's your quiz. What is the Turner turnover? Um... That's a great question, Campbell. And um, I want to pass it on to my colleague, Gussie. Gussie? The Turner turnover. Is that if um, you, you, you're called something Turner, then you have to scull your drink and then turn it over? This is not true. Look, I was thinking Turner to- is it- turnover. That's got to be what it is. No. Is it a baseball thing? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, okay. is, it is it a drinking thing? Everything's a drinking yeah. thing, mate. This is uni games. Um, it's throw up before ten p.m. 
slash making it out of the apartments. What's that got to do with Turner? Uh, Turner did it. He, he oh, okay. on the first night of his first year, by 10 p.m. was had his head in the bowl. Um, okay, what is the next one we're going to go with? Hmm, souvenir. Oh, yeah, you know that, mate. Souvenir. souvenir. Um, oh, Something you sh- might give shot. Bam. Surely, There's lots of those on the Gold Coast. Surely, saying you pick out, uh, pick up off the streets. He's closer. He's closer. I didn't mean that as a. Uh, you can pick up a lot of things off. Yeah, the you can at pick a lot of things off at, the streets. At, at uni games. Um, souvenir you, you was a souvenir. Is, sorry, go. There you go. We've got the no, delay. No, no, you go. You, have a guess. Have a guess. Have a guess. Have a guess. If you find an open bottle, I don't know, and you don't no, see it. No. So <laughs> souvenir. Um, it's get yourself something nice. Um, so get yourself something nice, preferably branded with another uni's logo. Get creative. Um, last year we, and don't tell Max Brenner this, but um, we took a few of their chairs um, after they had closed, um, and that was our getting something nice. We still have them, so that's great. So you're admitting to theft on air? Um, I said we. I didn't say me. <laughs> um, oh, okay. No, that's all good, mate. Cannot, allegedly... No. I can't protect you from the law, Campbell. Uh, excuse Mr. Law Student over here. <laughs> okay, here's another one. All right, here's our last one because we're running a bit over. Um, wet the tip. <laughs> okay, okay. Keep it PG, I'll, boys. Okay. Keep it PG. Wet the tip. Oi, oi. Um, does that mean you have to drink out of your nose? No. That is another rule, though, which is you spill it, you snort it. Oh, God. So anything you spill, you must snort. Well, I was I was thinking either that or your other tip, which okay, I probably let's <laughs> stop. Okay, um, let's get, let's get this before it gets any weirder than it already is. Um, what well, it's uni games. Anything goes. Pretty much. Um, it's urinate in an unexpected or public place. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I came. This is we're recording this on a Tuesday because tip. we had the Mighty Strikers game. We'll get onto that later. I came back just for this, boys. I'm gonna get fined to high heavens. Well, that's just, coming back. That's just how important we are. Exactly, mate. We're more important than uni games. Exactly. You appreciate it, mate. Um, Campbell, s- Campbell, you haven't touched on it, mate, but how is the actual baseball going? Baseball's going great. Um, we have... I'm playing for UQ. Um, we have clinched um, a top four berth, and we still need to play. We don't play tomorrow, so... Because we get the day off, which is great. Um, but and we what's, will play what's on the Thursday. Cl- What's the quality of baseball in Australian universities? You know, it's could actually I... quite good. Yeah. But, so um, I couldn't just turn up and play? You probably could um, yeah. for some teams. Not for ours this but, year. Oh. Yeah, okay, because you're just that good. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I've only played one <laughs> game and batted one. So um, not me personally, but we do have a better team yeah. than last year. No offense to the last year's team. Um, yeah. But we ha- have had a higher finish and more wins. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You could probably play for UTS. Um, <laughs> I'll say that. See, that's funny from your point of view, but yeah. Gussie and I are... <laughs> All the baseballers will exactly. love that one. <laughs> All the baseballers will love that one. Also, you can't say any uh, rink, rank, or runk, which oh. if you put D at the front of it, so drink, drank, drunk. Um, you have to use consumption, beverage. Um, you can't say anything like that. It's classy. Have yeah. you? By the way, have you got some form of a pass? For being able to say this stuff on air, like, um, well, it's it's, it's coming. It's coming when we publish this. It's after uni games is finished. Oh, so that's how I, it's may it yeah, I may yeah. take it next year. I may take it next year. But you're saying it during uni games. Yeah, so exactly. So they might just go, they Campbell, you're us here, mate. Unless you snitch on me oh. like Takashi Six Nine. 
Uh, <laughs> the <juice>. yeah. <laughs> then who knows? Oh. Um, another one is beer for life, which is great. Whereas if you or anything for life, um, you need to make a mark on your beverage. Um, and then if someone say if you put your beverage down, um, and someone moves your mark, so like peel a sticker off or something like that, or take the can out, whatever it is, you have to, Ooh. and you consume. You have before you notice it. You have to consume the beverage. Um, I think that's about it. Oh, also, buffalo. Everyone knows buffalo. It's the same as bullfrog. Everyone knows it. Um, that's one as so well. O- so overall, mate, it sounds like a great sporting weekend without much sport. It is. And, great sporting, um, we great played, sporting week. We so. played pub golf last night, so that was good fun. So we had some more sport. We played golf let's, too. Let's not forget, this is this is what unis are like is now, guys. This exactly. is this is what and goes you know what? on. In the everyday life of a uni student. You guys are paying for it too. And exactly. myself. So thank yeah. you, UQ, for paying for our accommodation. Um, really now, appreciate it. Matt, Let's... We, appreciate, we appreciate it for your service to the Australian sport of baseball. Australia, <laughs> Australia's number one um, sporting university, yes. University of Queensland. Any contract, uh, <laughs> Any contracts with the... Uh, the bandits coming up, uh, mate? You know, got things in the works. No, no chance no, in hell. No chance. <laughs> no chance in hell. No. Anyway. My, my playing days apart. <laughs> we will get on to... Yeah, move. Our favourite segment. Our favourite, yeah. Our, our favourite fav- segment. With roll, the... <laughs> roll the intro. D. F. I. N. N. D. D. F I N N. Finn. Finn. Uh, boys, can we please uh, talk about that intro song? It's beautiful. It's pretty Work good. I mean, we should get our uh, singing. Who's going to sign us up? We need a contract. Let's get signed. Well, there's not much label. singing involved. No, it's just us going. Finn. <laughs> F. It took a while to a uh, F I N N. There you go. Guys, we don't Finn in Japan. Anyway, let's, let's actually talk about Japan. Let's talk about Finn in Japan. Yeah, week let's two, week two, Japan. mate. How, week how's two? how's week two of Japan? Um, mate, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think I'm getting over the freshness of it. Um, settling in pretty well now. Mm-hmm. Still in Fukuoka um, at wow. the time of recording. So since we last spoke, I went to the Italy Canada game, which game. was it was good, but it was pretty anticlimactic mm. because the the last time Italy played Canada before then, Italy only won by two. And the last time they faced at a World Cup, Italy only won by five. So, and these are two teams who are still fairly different when it comes to the world rankings. So, but I was still expecting a reasonably close game. Mm. But Italy, they just dominated. Yeah, they yeah just good stuff dominated. Italy. Going into that match, I was expecting them to dominate in the forwards, to be honest. Uh, they've got a massive forward pack, and they did. But they also spread the ball wide really well. And Canada, they just could not compete. Could not compete. And unlike in Canada, they've got the All Blacks next. But, of course, by the time this by the time this podcast is, is out, uh, they would have played. and Probably yeah, would have lost. If, mate, I'll, be the, I'll be surprised if the All Blacks don't win that by about 60-plus. Yeah. Honestly, it's, yeah. Um, that, one, that one could be a bit of a massacre. That being said, I think... Uh, could be I a cricket score. Some of the, it could be. Yeah. Could be a cricket score, mate. And uh, but you don't get much of that in Japan, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, who knows? You don't get much um, AFL there either. Now, now, what have you been up to in your in your downtime, Finn? Any um, any, any activity? Tales? Yeah. Any anything to tell um, tell the listeners? 
I've kind of just walked around a lot, walked around the city a lot. I've um, I visited two temples in the city. I couldn't tell you their names. One of them was quite interesting. It was pretty much right in the CBD. And uh, I think it, the rumor is that it was uh, apparently founded in about 18, uh, 806 AD. So, yeah, a guy migrating from China. Yeah, um, the more you know. And there's, there were like these tombs, these graves around the temple of, um, I think it was five different people who were supposedly there at the beginning. So, wow. Yeah, no, it's go. interesting. It's a, it's a very different culture. It's a very different culture. Um, still taking me a bit of time to get used to the food, but most importantly, I want to announce here I've learned how to use chopsticks. So, <gasps> oh, oh my god! Is... Oh my god! We oh this my god! This is a revelation. When you come back, we're going to sushi train, big boy. Yeah, I think you said that last week, right, Campbell? I think you're. You owe me dinner now or something. Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. Beauty. I do. Because that's exactly what I'm going to want when I, when I come back to Australia. More Japanese He's, food. he's probably More still Japanese. an absolute klutz with them, though. Probably. Like, he's probably just stabbed terrible. stuff with them. Yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. you made any friends? <laughs> no. Um, look, I've, I've met some pretty cool people um, through my work here. Um, Ooh, friends. Ooh, friends. Football so, friends. Ooh, friends. Like at at the Canadian Italy game, I met the media manager of the Canadia? Toronto Arrows. Did you I say Canadian? I think Canadia. you said Canadian. I said Canadian. Okay, continue, continue. I think I said Canada. Anyway, I met the um no, I said I met the Canadian. Uh, oh, no. uh, I met the media manager of the Toronto Arrows, the Major League Rugby team. Oh, cool. Which was cool. Um, but I've also got to know a uh, World Rugby employee pretty well. So hey, that's it's, awesome. Um, Mate, getting connections. Yeah, so it's it, it's pretty cool who you meet. It's uh very lucky to be here, but. Obviously, the big talking points the rugby guys. Yeah. Big rugby, big rugby week, and um, nothing more so than, of course, Japan beating Ireland. Oh, Was hmm. that bigger than Japan beating South Africa four years ago? I think so. At at home as well. Yeah. The 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 country must be buzzing. The exposure of it, I yeah. think, is the biggest it, thing. It's not even that though. Japan came into this tournament not having made knockout stages of a rugby world cup before. But they came into this tournament thinking, look, we might be a chance if we beat Scotland. I think they only ever had three wins, so they've already got two in this comp. So Exactly. Uh, I don't think that's quite right, mate. I've fact-checked that one. They oh. won three games at the last World Cup. Did they? At yep. the last one? <laughs> well, could they? Um, could could Japan finish top here? I, I think it'll come down to points difference and bonus points. Because I think Scotland, Scotland looked pretty good the other night. Oh, like Scotland got Russia. beaten um, easily by Ireland. Russia's a powerhouse, again, though. Finn, this, Finn, this Finn, Japanese... Finn, Finn, we forget. Russia's a powerhouse, mate. Yeah, mate. They you're, are a powerhouse. you're forgetting. An absolute powerhouse. Um, <laughs> no, but again, this Japanese side could do anything. This Japanese yeah. side could do anything, as could Scotland. They're both very inconsistent teams, I'd say. Reminds and, me um, of someone. The Warriors? The Warriors? <laughs> The Warriors? The Warriors the best team in rugby league history. Yeah. Best team to never win a championship. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Anyway, but that Japan-Scotland game, that's the last pool game of the Rugby World Cup. That's mm. huge. So mm. by the time that comes around, in about two weeks, that could be very much a winner-takes-all for a final spot. Yeah, it should be very interesting. Now, let's talk about Australia. <laughs> of course, we are yes. an Australian podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you manage uh, so to catch the Australia Wales game? Uh, I caught the second half. I, yeah. uh, I walked down to the Fukuoka media, uh, fan zone to try and watch it on the big screen, and 
they turned the fan zone into a Fukuoka tourism market thing. So yeah. I was like, well, that's a bit weird. Then I walked 3K trying to find a pub, couldn't find one. Walked 3K back, couldn't find another one. Sounds like we're not going so, to Fukuoka, boys. Yeah. No, no. Sounds no, a bit then dull. I came back, then to watch the game, I came back to my apartment and actually uh, FaceTimed my dad. And he... <laughs> oh, he put he it got up to the screen. That's class. Yeah, exactly. Shout so, um, out to your dad. Shout out to Bobby. No, it's, uh, it was interesting. Interesting. And we touched on it before of the controversial, to say the least, refereeing decisions by yeah. Romain Poit. He's a very, very annoying referee. He was the same referee who screwed the All Blacks over two years ago in Auckland when the All Blacks Ooh. drew against the British Irish Lions, and I was there for that. Damn it. Maybe this, maybe this ref just loves Wales. <laughs> maybe that's Sorry? the thing. Maybe he just loves Wales. Maybe Could he be. does, mate. Maybe he does. But no, that was... It's He's not a great referee, but he's refereeing All Blacks versus Canada, so... Maybe the Canadians can win. I don't sure, know. sure, Any, surely not. Anything could happen. No, but Anything. back on that J- uh, Japan Island result, though, that flips the World Cup on its head, because Japan very well could win the World uh, win that pool now, which mm-hmm. could see Ireland come second. In which case, they might they'd play the All Blacks in the quarterfinals. Yeah. So, Who, who's been your standout performer so far? Standout performer of the Rugby World Cup so far. Ooh, Jeez, you you caught me off guard yeah. there, man. I have. You caught me off guard. It's oh, that's hard to say. For me, I've really, really liked I've liked watching um, Kotaro Matsushima Matsu the winger. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the yeah. Winger. yeah, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think it's he Matsushima. scored about. I think he scored about three tries. He was so he had a good game against Russia. I know that. Yeah, um, I think he scored a double against Russia, ones. and I think he scored another one. Um, yeah, he's Again, been brilliant I'm, so far. I'm biased because I was there, but the Italian fly half. Um, yeah. I couldn't tell you his name, Russell, I think. Um, he controlled that game against Canada very well. Yep. But also did Japanese fly half. I was about to say that. Very good Japanese player. fly half, he's played very but well. But it's so hard to say because a lot of teams haven't played two games yet. Like yeah. the All Blacks still haven't played their second yeah. game. Um, and a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of other players are being rested, so how much can you really say? Mm. Katara um, Matsushima, South African as well. Put that out there. Um, oh, thanks for coughing. Thanks for saving it. Yeah. I'm actually holding one in, but um, well, no, I, here we go. Was, Let's have a cough break, boys. I'm, no, I'm not no. sick. Oh, you do have the flu okay. though. This is something you picked yeah. up. Yeah, Finn. Finn has the flu. Um, yeah. if if you can't That's, tell, it's exactly what you want to catch when you're um by yourself in a foreign country where no one speaks your language. Hey, mate. Maybe, maybe it's the deadly kind. You can maybe ca- it's going to kill him. You can catch worse at uni games, so you're in a safer space than <laughs> me, mate. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. Naughty. Um, well, I think that's time to move on to Gussie and Briz. What? Is this a... Is this a... This new... is a joke on you, not doing anything. Oh, um, that's funny. Okay, What well, was the highlight of your week, Gussie? Yeah. This week? Was it... Oh, what is... Had a mean packet of Oh, probably of other than the Roosters winning, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I think maybe maybe working? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, you yeah. are going to the... It's mid-semester break. It's kind of just me just relaxing and... You know, okay. Time on up that. On a time on that one. Bit of Stan and bit of Ko. Fair. Getting into Ko. the NFL. If anyone's watching that, great it's stuff. Really Campbell. Anyway, that's Gussie Mate, in Brisbane. <laughs> Who, who's a hundred and three dollars up, boys? Mate, I need my fix. Can we talk some footy? Let's talk yeah, some footy. Let's talk some footy. Your boy, Stop. Fat Multi. Fat Multi. Dusty. Dusty. Mate. Thank you, Dusty. Thank you, Jeremy Cameron. Congre- 
congratulations because um yeah sports betting it's hasn't been too kind to me in the past so yeah. you're clearly very skilled at it so it won't happen again I mean though. it was the safest bet you could go with really oh yeah I mean we've Jeez, yeah. get a load of this guy. <laughs> um, but actually, yeah, so third worst grand final defeat. We probably spoke about this earlier. Yep. Uh, we definitely did. Uh, the end score, the scores on the doors were 114 plays, 25. Yeah. Now that is shocking. That's, Im- Finn, that's Finn's embarrassing, just, yeah. Finn's but, just having some drugs mid It's show. honestly embarrassing. No, it, it is. It's embarrassing. Yeah. embarrassing. Um, the, the, Look, when, when, the Giants, when the Giants beat the Pies... I was a little bit gutted. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little bit gutted. And that's coming from a Giants fan just because I knew the Giants can't compete against Richmond. Yeah. I thought maybe Collingwood could. Yeah, well, yeah. that was what everyone maybe was picking Collingwood to be the could. final. Look, honestly, GWS looked disjointed. They they didn't look like they, they knew what they were doing. They didn't look ready for yeah. a grand final. Richmond, I got to say, Richmond didn't, play amazingly well in the first quarter. No, not in the first it, quarter. It was no. it was game on in the first quarter. Not many goals scored. That's quite and then, standard, though, for a grand final. Yeah. That's quite standard. Everyone's I, a bit edgy. I just felt like GWS, they didn't create any opportunities. They, they didn't hold on to the footy, and Richmond just killed them. Yeah, I mean, you can argue for GWS injuries, but everyone has injuries. Yeah, yeah. They had Lockie Whitfield out. They had Stephen Cornelio out. No, they had. Didn't um, Whitfield Whitfield play? Didn't he? I don't think so. I think I he got he ruled out. Maybe he did. I didn't see him. He didn't do anything if he did play. Um, they only scored three goals. So, yeah. So Jeremy Cameron. It's embarrassing. Two of them. We can jump. We can talk about it for ages, but it's embarrassing. That's it plain is. and simple. Yeah, if for you sure. Can't, I think when you play in a grand final, you've got to prepare to rock out and play your best game of footy of your career. I mean, and someone. The Giants just didn't. They just didn't do that. They relied on Cameron far too much up front. And Richmond had a debutant who played better than the rest of oh, the Giants team. Well, so look, I, I was I thinking read, he might be a smoky for um, Norm Smith. Yeah, for the Norm, Norm Smith. Smith. Nah. Well, I'm saying. Yeah. No. Look, it's. I said this. Lo- I said this last week. Richmond, their depth. That's what got them over the line. Yeah. Injuries. Injuries is a factor. Yes. But I mean, they lost Rance in round one, and yeah, they faltered a little bit from then. But, I mean, they, they, they picked at the right yeah. time, and they're definitely a championship side, so congratulations definitely. to the Titans. Well, that's their second premiership in three years now. Are they um, forming a dynasty? I think so. You think so? I think similar well, to what um, Hawthorne did. Geelong uh, for a bit. Geelong. Collingwood yeah. have been good, but I think Richmond are really creating. They could have another one or well, two. Uh, yeah. Easily. Well, think about it next year. Rance comes back, and so does Higgins. You know, yeah. that's that's good two very good players. Yeah, and Higgins... Squad. Higginson himself, he's one player who is a few years away from maybe all Australian honours. Maybe if he... Well, you could, know, he's, you could go as far as to say they're probably going to win next year as well. I'd, I'd have... Uh, yeah, I'd have him as the team yep. to beat next year. You never so, know it, you never done it until round 17, I guess. Yeah. So, Gus, he's picking the Tigers and he's picking Russia to win the World Cup. I He's pointing out the obvious here, so... Oh, yeah, Finn, mate, you are so mm. funny. Oh, my God. I, I mean, it's, it's without saying that um, well, Marlon Pickett played a great game, but also GWS will be back at the big dance. Oh yeah, they will be. But I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. Don't think so. Well, they're lo- they're losing. Well, Jonathan Patton's re- uh, requested a trade he to Hawthorne. He if he goes, that's a massive loss. He didn't play on the day um, as well, so he didn't. But I mean, you know, former first round pick. Um, they had plenty of those. They did, 
Actually, mm. the Suns, that's an interesting I, story. Yes, too. I was just the about Suns to bring this up. They just got getting, uh, confirmed um, priority picks for the next three years, I think. Yeah. Oh. And I think that's that's a good thing, but it's also... <laughs> it means they'll like, stay. It means they'll stay. The, the goal... No, it, means they'll, it means they'll stay for now. Mm. But if, if they can't improve in the next three years, then f- fair dues, mate. They've, they've lost their shot. Well, they've and lost a lot so. of players as well, like which is because no one wants to be there. We've seen Tom Lynch just won a flag. They've lost lots of players to other teams just because they can't keep them because there's problems, and then everyone just takes advantage of them. Now, oh, to be fair, mate, if I was if I was two meters tall, like Tom Lynch, mm. and I went to the Tigers, I reckon I could win a flag. He's a very good footballer as well, but yeah, he, he had a gr- he had a great game as well. Um, that squad's that squad's stacked. So I mean, yeah. yeah. And now, that's something you can't say about the Suns. Now, boys, um, something that happened in the aftermath of this game, um, Toby Green, his his father, arrested Ooh. for headbutting a female policeman. That is a oh, police woman. He'll be joining Dusty's dad. I yeah. Think. Um, does grubbiness run run in their family? I think it does. I think it's a family trait. Look, yeah. Well, we all know Cam- that- we all know Campbell hates hates him. Um, so there's no surprises there. Finn, Look, what's honest, your take? I, I think it's a bit unfair to comment on that because we don't necessarily. I don't, we don't know him. I don't know, but that's we don't, we don't know. But he headbutted he a, head a female, female police. Female police. It, is, it doesn't matter if it's female or not, but yeah. he headbutted yeah. a police officer. The fact that if it was, it's if it, yeah, if it's true and it actually happened, then it's disgusting. But on Toby Green though, there was footage of you know he's rubbing someone's face or he got very close. Yeah, I saw this as well. This bloke he does not learn. And again, yeah. I'm a Giants fan, but. Mate, if but you haven't listened by now, this, you deserve to sit out for a year. This is what no, I've been no. saying. It needs to be an eight-week... Um, they no. need to be rubbed out for eight weeks, minimum. Jesse, that's, Doesn't that's irrelevant, mate. That's no, irrelevant. No, that, that, that one week does not teach you anything. 100%. Yeah, no, no, that, mate, eight weeks will. It's, that's irrelevant now, though. He's done it three weeks in a row. Mm. He got a fine, he got suspended for a week. And that, Well, to be fair, he didn't actually eye-gouge, but he did get very close, and... When you're walking that fine line, mate, sometimes you're going to slip. And I don't know. Is he someone you want on your team? I don't think so. And he's probably not going to get paid top dollar because he's that much of a risk factor now. He is a liability. He's only, yeah, he's that much of a liability where he's only going to, you know, not put his career at risk, but he won't fulfill his potential at least how much he gets paid. So mm. Definitely not. Anyway, we'll move on to another granny that's this weekend. Yes. It was supposed oh. to be the best weekend in sport. This weekend, oh, last yeah, weekend, I, f- I found it out. I think NRL has pushed a week it. back. Um, Camp, which look, I, I don't, I don't hate the idea of it, but like, I did enjoy watching the AFL Grand Final and the NRL Grand Final in the same weekend. Of course, um, but we do have the NRL well, Grand Final 2019. Yes. Sorry, Gussie, I just want to butt in. Campbell, can we just skip the NRL, mate? I don't think any, oh, anyone... I wouldn't mind it, but old mate's going to it, so we got to we got to cover it. We this is my part in the show, guys. This Are you is... going, Gussie? Uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I am going, yeah. Um, nice, so nice. I'll be heading down on Sunday, getting a plane at 4 a.m. in the morning, boys, 4 a.m. in the morning to watch my Where roosters. Take on the Canberra Raiders in the 2019 NRL Grand Imagine Final. Imagine flying at Go. four for a loss. <laughs> well, they're not going to lose, so. Well, well, actually, I, think, I don't know. I can't see into the future. I saw today the Raiders. They're the biggest outsiders in Grand Final. Yeah. You know, in, in the in the last 50 years of the Grand Final. So. Yeah. So. Um, Gussie, when do you go though? Do you go just for the Roosters? Like, do you go just for the NRL Grand Final? Well, or are you going to go for the whole day? 
Because it's a it's oh. a whole day. People, some people forget about that. You know, you've got yeah, the I, New I, South Wales Cup versus Interest Super Cup Grand Final, the Women's Grand Final. I haven't um, really considered yeah. it um, going for the whole day. Um, I might probably see because the Women's Grand Final actually previews the Men's Grand Final this year. Curtain raiser. So yeah, yep. it's the curtain raiser. So I might um, I might see that one. But I, I mean, I get in at eight a.m. I think. Something like that. So I'll be able to see as many as I want, but it just depends on when I want to get to the ground because the the NRL grand final kicks off at six thirty. So I don't know if I want to be it's there quite all a late day. Start. Yeah. Who's yeah. who's performing? So um oh, I'll, I'll actually I'll uh is meatloaf? No, I don't. Oh, I don't know. oh it's <laughs> isn't it the ca- uh who who are the people who do the counting stars? Uh, is that One Republic um, or like? I think it is yeah. one of those yeah. kind of people. Yeah, I, it's that's it's, terrible. Yeah, it's as if you're not getting Paul Kelly for a second week. They, in had, row. they had David Bowie. Oh no, no, not David Bowie. They had David Bowie. I wish they had David Bowie. Uh, they uh, had um uh, old mate. Um, R.I.P. No, they had. That I remember big a few years ago, old guy. Um, go, going to an A League Grand Final at Suncorp between the Raw and the Wanderers, mm. and they had Jason Derulo, who was oh. a mega at the time. In his, he wore one of those disgusting things you never want to see in football, let alone sport. One of the half and half jerseys. Oh! Did he get booed? I get the half and half scarf, but he wore a jersey which was half raw, half wondrous. Hey! To be honest, I don't, he didn't get booed because Australian football just isn't that yeah. passionate. No. Yeah. Hey, well, um, if you if you want to see Jason Derulo, you can go to R&B Fridays Live. 2019, uh, hit 105. <laughs> okay, all right, mate. All right. Do you work at B105? I was, uh, no, Triple M. Hit 105. Uh, look, yeah. I was... um Okay, I, I just want to talk about the uh, prelims as well. So, the results from that one. So, the Raiders uh, defeated the Rabbitohs to get into the grand final, of course. Built on defense, both these results. Um, the Roosters also defeated the Storm. Um, yeah, pretty much the best defensive sides... Um, through to the grand final and I think the grand final will be decided on defence um, it's going to be a close game I'm tipping my boys but look you never know grand up finals rug- rugby league's a, a, a funny game isn't it up the milk <laughs> up the up. milk look I reckon 99% of Australia He's are behind the Raiders 100%. to win this no one wants to see the Chooks win the Raiders haven't been to a grand final in 25 years Um and although the Roosters are looking to be the first team in 26 years to go back to back, it smells of 2016 Cronulla. Ah, oh, yuck, <laughs> yuck, up, up, Cronulla, yuck. Anyway, anyway Dali yeah. M medals nominees yeah. for each position were announced. Let's so, go yeah. through this quickly uh, and get yeah, your takes. Okay, on. so the fullback we'll... nominees: uh, James Tedesco, Teddy. How do you pronounce the Raiders guy? Sean's Nickel Clockstad. That is a great. He's a very name. good player. Yeah. Uh, Roger Tuvasa-Shek, the Warriors skipper, legend and leader. Clint Gutherson from the Parramatta Eels and Jerome Hughes from mm-hmm. the Melbourne Storm. Well, it's, Who's your pick there, Gussie? It's got to be James Tedesco, obviously. Um, look, and they've they've considered that Roger might be a, a smoky in that one. Um, he's not a smoky. He's not a smoky. No, he, he's... A, a, a smoky someone who might not win, but if you take your biased hat off for a second, mate... Dude, he, Tuvasa- he's... Look, Roger Tuvasa-Shek's not going to win Dalian. He might. No. I genuinely think he might go back to back. No. Can't possibly. You're both being biased. Yeah. You cannot possibly think that Roger Tuovasashek has had a better year than James Tedesco. It helps when Tedesco is playing Origin, but he's also playing for the Roosters. 
Two of us are Sheik's playing for the Warriors, mate, and I can laugh about it as much as I like. But it's pretty sad, the Warriors. Yeah, they don't well, win much. They don't do much. And that's probably the just... only thing going in to... I like, he's a great player and I love him. He's a great player, one of my favourite players, but he's he's he hasn't had the year that Tedesco has. And I think... Look, to, I, sh- I thought Tedesco was going to win it last year, but if, if, if he doesn't win it this year, there's something wrong. Because he's been brilliant. I'll tell you what, though. I think the Dally and medal winner will come from this bracket, though. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. It'll, it'll either be t- whoever wins fullback, either Teddy or Roger will win the Dalian Award. I think it's quite interesting, though. We'll comment on this. Jerome Hughes, he's yeah. been listed in this. Well, he's, he's playing seven. Se- yeah. He's finished the season as a halfback. Thank you for interrupting, Gussie. Also, no, I'd like to make a mention of another thing. Caelan Pong is not in that list as well. Um, he's been um, considered as one of the best fullbacks of the year. I don't think he's the best yet. He's got a couple of years to go, but um, I'm surprised he's not in that list. We'll go on to winger of the year. Um, Blake Ferguson from the Eels, Daniel Tupo from the Roosters, Edric Lee from the Knights. How's he in there? Um, Josh Adokar from the Storm and Ken Marmalo. I like the look of Ken Marmalo and Adokar. Uh, Adokar and Blake Ferguson. I think it'll be between those three. I think uh, Blake Ferguson think, will win it. I think, um, yeah, I think. But Blake's Mike Acevo is, isn't in that list either. That's true. That is a big, big omission. Yeah, um, top try scorer mission. for 2019. Exactly. Interesting. I he, well, I think when you're the top try scorer as a winger, that pretty much, pretty much hands Guarantees you the it, yeah. winger of the year award normally. Mm. But I think if you're going off this list, as you said, Gussie Edric Lee. Yep. You know that's a I, bit of a. I don't understand. What? Yeah. Uh, he, he, I, I think. The, uh, yeah. The clear wing. Uh, the clear winger there. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> ah. Uh, is Blake Ferguson? Yeah. I think he will. Uh, He's transformed when he, when he, him. Yeah. When he stepped back into the Origin arena, he really showed, he really proved yeah. himself. He also looks as like the he best m- winger, winger in the competition. He also right. looks like he may steal your wallet, mate. He loves well, a good cruiser. Who's got, a, who's got a worse nose, him or me? I mean, it's mate, pretty he, even. His has been smashed all over the place. I mean, who's got a better hairline? <laughs> he probably Need does. Need to see, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll go on to center of the year. Um, Brian Kelly from the Titans, Isan Masters from Wests. Jared Croker from the Raiders, Latrell Mitchell from the Bulldog, uh, from the Roosters. Thankfully, not the Bulldogs. And Will Hawaii from the Bulldogs. I like clear winner um, here. Yeah, absolutely clear winner. No. Or like I, I'm trying Top to go a bit more well. unbiased here, but Jared Croker has been brilliant this year as well in a, in a good Raiders side. Um, it'd Bulldogs. be between Jared and Latrell, I think. I agree. Isan Masters is a very good player, but he's not quite good enough. This, this shouldn't necessarily come into it. But I think Croker will win Captain of the Year, so yeah. I'll be surprised yeah. if he. I think I think he'll leave the Dally M Awards with at least one award. Yeah. But I do think he sh- he should walk away with two. Right. We'll uh, go on to. Uh, you want to continue? No. We'll go on to five eighth. This one's pretty. <laughs> we'll go on to five to eighth of the year. Benji Marshall from West Cameron. Uh, Cameron Munster, Luke Carey, Cody Walker, Jack White, and probably say Munster. Benji. Benji. Do you reckon Benji People might talk- be a honor, like a? No. I don't think so. He won't win it. But um, people keep talking up Benji as a, mate, you need to retire. You know, what are you doing? Going around for another year, that type of thing. But thinks no, of Darius he's, he's, Boyd. He, he does, but he kind of, he went through that phase where he wasn't up to standard, but mm. he's come back. And mm. he saved himself. He saved his career. Because remember, he took a few years off and he went to rugby union. Mm. So he played for the Blues and oh, that's he was terrible. Then, Ugly. No, then... Then when he came back to the NRL, he was just half a yard off and 
No, yeah. he's back in. He's back back in the mix now, and yep. he's a he's a contender there. But well, he, he won't win it. I think it'll go to Kiri. Actually, yeah. I think it'll go to Munster. I like Munster. Just uh, I I I like I actually like Jack White and for for this one. I think he's been brilliant all year. Um, a lot of sure. people had doubts on Jack Whiten at the start of the year playing um, in the six, and I think he's blossomed. Played um, for the New South Wales Blues as well. Um, as I said, I, this has been a real uh, breakout year for him. Um, well, I think you've you've got to consider though these awards are t- tallied off the regular season performances. Yeah, I know, I'm just saying. Ones. Yeah, he's he's played. But with the Storm being that dominant all season, that's, that's why he gets to tick. Yeah. Uh, halfback of the year, Adam Reynolds from the Rabbitohs. Chad Townsend from the Sharks, Daly Cherry Evans from the Titans, I mean Seagulls, Mitchell Pierce from the Knights, and Mitchell Moses of the Eels. If no one got that joke, Daly Cherry Evans backflipped on the Titans a few years ago, controversially. <laughs> yeah. After, yeah. anyway. Well, who, who wouldn't backflip on the Titans? Yeah. Anyway, um, I think Mitchell Moses will get that one. We'll try and move on and get through these quickly. Um, prop of the year. That's obviously got to go to Josh Papali. He's been outstanding. Payne Haas has been See, ha- good this year for he? the Broncos. Sorry, Papali, he's had a very good last few weeks, but don't that don't let that cloud. Oh no, he's him, he's been great. I don't think he's been he hasn't been a standout all season. Wasn't he dropped to reserve grade at one point in the season? Was that last year? Oh, that would have been last year, mate. I I, I think he's been I don't think great this year. He's played actually, more minutes this year. He's he's fitter. Um he's more of an impact player now. You you see him. Um, you, you never usually see Josh Papali scoring tries, um, and now he's scoring them, and scoring them in important games as well. I think that prop of the year list is actually quite disappointing. I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't say there's anyone who, like anyone else who really stands out who should be in that list, but yeah, looking at that list, there's no one who really makes me go, Paul, yeah, they were the out-and-out winner. I think Paul Warren um, was disappointing as well. David Clemmer. Payne Haas, he's a young player, but... He's not the best prop in the league. Yeah. Anyway, anyway yeah, we'll go. Booker of the year. Yep. Cameron so, McInnes, Cameron Smith, Damian Cook, Josh Hodgson, and Robbie Farah. I like Damian Robbie Cook. Farrah, yeah. Robbie Farah. Yeah. Robbie should not be on the list. No. That's the reality. No. It's uh, between Damian, Damian Cook, Cook, Cameron Smith, and Josh Hodgson. I think Damian Cameron's, Cook. Oh. Cameron Smith. I don't know. Cameron Smith isn't even. Cameron Cameron Smith isn't even the best hooker at the Storm. There you mm. go. Oof. Yeah. Hot take. Hot anyway, take. we'll go second rower. John Bateman, Kenny Bromwich, Barney Ma'u, Ryan Madison, or Sam Burgess. I John think John Bateman's the obvious choice there. Um, lock of the year, Cameron Murray, Dal Finucane, Jake Trevojevic, Jason Tamalolo, or Paul Gallen. Cameron Look, Murray's the obvious I'll, choice there. I like Trevojevic. Or Trevojevic. I, I wouldn't say it's obvious. I think, yeah, it comes down comes down to those two, Cameron Murray yeah. and Jake Trevojevic. Although Dal Finucane's uh, been great as well. Paul Gallen and Smokey. <laughs> Paul Gallen. Again, I Kicked think a field goal. rugby league... Rugby league tends to mm. do this a lot more than mm. other sports, but they like having their legends bow out on a high. Yeah. That's why yeah. they've nominated, you know, their Robbie Harris, their Paul Gallons. Yeah, because yeah. it's nice. It's, you know, these players are legends and they went out as legends, but I still don't think necessarily they're top five in their positions. No, right, no and no we'll, we'll finish it off there. Um, let's go to the... We've got one more, mate. We've got, we 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 got, we got two more. Where are they? Where did you send them? Yeah, come on, mate. Look, interchange we? player of the year. Oh, I thought we were hurrying up. We are. Um, but we okay, so it. interchange player of the year, whatever. Brandon Hamlin-Ueli, Brandon Smith, Francis Molo, Manasi Finu, 
Regan Campbell-Gillard. I've loved Manasi Finu this year. He has been outstanding for the Seagulls. I, um, he's brought um, serious uh, pace off the bench for the Seagulls, and he's been much needed for Des Hasler and their resurgence. Campbell, do you remember a few moments ago I mentioned that Cameron Smith wasn't even the best hooker of the Melbourne Storm? Yes. Jack and Brandon Smith is. That's because, that's because I was alluding to the Storm number 14, Brandon Smith. The man they call the block of cheese, am I right, Gussie? <laughs> yeah. What do they call? I think he is the block of cheese, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's what they call him. Uh, great, great hooker. Um, I'd love to see the Warriors pick him up, but I don't think they will. Hmm. Um, he should win it, but Regan Campbell-Gillard, I will mention... Off to the Eels next year. Great pickup for them. I think he's been but poor he this year. He hasn't done enough to win this award, no. but still great pickup for the Eels. Yeah. Um, we'll go to female player of the year. Um, now, Jessica, that's between Jessica Surges from the Dragons, Botil Vete Welsh from the Dragons, Millie Boyle and Shantae Poco. Um, I have to say it's got to go to Jessica Surges. She's the leading try scorer for, uh, in the NRLW. Um, she's been brilliant for the Dragons. Of course, the Dragons came last um, last year, um, and they've recruited really well, including Jessica Surges. Um, and yeah, she's been brilliant. Um, we'll go to Rookie of the Year, which quickly. is uh, Bronson Cherry, Mike Sivo, Ryan Pappenhausen, Britton Nakora, Painhas. That's either between Mike Sivo and uh, or Painhas. Uh, for that, you're having a laugh as well. You're having a laugh. What do you mean? There's a clear, win- There's a clear winner there, and it's Ryan and Papahausen. No, he's, he's been an oh, absolute. He's, he's been an absolute standout for the Storm this year. No. Uh, Billy Billy who? He's been an absolute lock for that Storm side since he's come in. He's an absolute he cat. In as, <laughs> he came in as an absolute he came cat. In, say what you will, mate. Say what you will. He's been. In, uh, he came started as an interchange player, but he's now the starting fullback. With Hughes switching to halfback, and yeah, mate, he's an absolute lock. Well, we did also great play, we, great player. we did also forget about Bronson Cherry, who's been great for the Sharks. Disappointing end of the year for the Sharks. I don't think he's been think, out as outstanding as Mike Acevo, though. Mike Acevo's leading try scorer as well. Let's not forget about he went, that. He went a bit quiet in the second half of the year. I think that's that's my view, Cherry. That is, um, again, Papahausen. That's where it's going. Mm-hmm. You've heard it here first. I like, it. I like it. I like it. We'll move over to Queensland now. We've got the QRL. We had the granny. Yeah. We had yeah. the granny this weekend. Right. Let's get through oh, it quickly. But brilliant. we had um, um, the 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 Burley Bears, of course, um, taking that one out, twenty eight ten. Um, Jamal Fogarty, of course, he won the Petro Sivanasiva Medal for mm. uh, best player in the QRL this year, and he was outstanding in that game. Um, the Burley Bears defended um, brilliantly. They were dominant, and they deserved. To win this game, congratulations, Billy Bears! Yeah, congratulations, guys. Congratulations, mate! You picked that, Gussie? Yeah, I did. Mate? You did pick did it. Did. That's a good pick. You did. Yeah, um, I, I always get my predictions right. No, well, <laughs> horsey no, um, tips. <laughs> no, congratulations to them again. You can't really say they've come from nowhere, but I think with the sunny coast being so dominant during the regular season, no one really expected anyone else to be lifting that trophy at the end of the season. So for sure, yeah, for sure. Um, All right. <coughs> yeah. Do we want to? Let's, we'll, let's we'll move a, on to uh, Bulls Masters uh, first grade as let's well. Let's get it quick. Um, so Northern Suburbs took on Turnbull. 
Uh, these these are two day games. Let's not forget as well. So they're still they're still in progress right now. So Northern Suburbs are seven for three hundred and fifty five at stumps. Cameron Gannon scored one hundred and five runs. The bowler. Um, Sandgate versus Sunshine Coast. Sunshine Coast are ten for three hundred and three at stumps. Angus Lovell scoring ninety three runs and Mitchell Swepson. Mitchell Swepson taking four wickets oh, for Sandgate. Good stuff. Absolutely I... spinning rings around him. I just want to remind everyone the Mitchell Swepson Appreciation Society is one of the best Facebook pages going around. <laughs> yeah, check like it out. Uh, no, nothing's been posted on posted on it for two years. That's because me and the other admin <laughs> not much um, appreciation. <laughs> have been a bit slack. Yeah, yeah, I do have the um, I do have the admin rights to that page, which is mm. uh, that's brilliant. Personally, that was, I'm um, a fan of blokes and their that, ice creams. Yeah. but um, like, that's how I started as a journalist, Mitchell yeah. Swepson Appreciation Society, yeah. talking about the great man and what he does out there on the cricket field. Um, he well, was he, the star on my Christmas tree one year. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, um, really? God, that's strange. Yeah, that that's was funny. Great. That's um, great. He's, he's, oh. I love it. Anyway, move on, move on. <laughs> it's very weird, Finn. Um, it was all for content. Yeah. All for content. Yeah. Um, the page is absolutely dead now, though. Yeah. It's absolutely dead. Right. Um, Winner Manly took on Redlands. Um, Redlands are 10 for 397 at stumps. Uh, Nicholas Herford scoring 178 runs in that game. That's an amazing effort from him. Um, Gold Coast versus Ipswich, Saslo- Ipswich Logan. Um, don't know which one they are. Um, Ipswich Logan are 10 for 321 at stumps. Opener Daniel Wilson scoring 119 runs. UQ versus Western Suburbs. Western Suburbs bowled out for 256. Michael uh, Michael Phillipson taking four wickets and UQ are currently three for 52 in reply. I think they'll chase that down. Hopefully the boys get the job yeah. done. Um, South Brisbane versus Valley uh, Valleys. Uh, Nick Stevens scored 145 runs in Valley's score of eight for 389. Congratulations to friend of the show, Pranav Sasala, for making his debut in that yeah. game. Uh, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're taking on South, Bris- uh, South Brisbane, of course, who are Currently chasing and a none for 13. Hell yeah. Uh, we'll move well, on to the FFA Cup, which we went to tonight. Coys. Coys. Yeah. Come was, on, you strikers. Look, it was a disappointing night, wasn't it? It's true what they say. All good things must come to an end. Man, mm. this striker side have been awesome up until this stage. Mm. But um, I just want to ask you guys a quick question. Out of the three of us, who is a 100% success record when it comes to watching the strikers live? You. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, the hoodoo. So, was it my fault the strikers? Was it my fault the strikers didn't win tonight? Probably, maybe. Well, I've got to take I've got to take some responsibility for that. Um, that's the reality. Um, I didn't ask for this, but it's. it's <laughs> I didn't the reality, ask so, for this um, responsibility. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. But um, it's tough when you're the strikers' number one fan. So. Oh god. Number two. It's, mate, you don't even have any merch. Me and me and Campbell actually Campbell bought. Yeah, whatever, mate. Campbell, Campbell <laughs> and I. We, um, we actually bought some <laughs> merchandise today. Of course, some beautiful um, mate, Brisbane Strikers, um, what scarves. are they called? Scarves. scarves. Yep. So they've really got a us. nice photo. Check out, uh, check it out on the Instagram as well. Also check out episode eight where in our first ever Fast Five, topic number five, we analyze Gussie's bandwagon. No, you don't have to listen to that one. I, I I'm no, not. A I, I would actually Gussie, love if you did though. Gussie, I'm not a not bandwagon did, fan. Not Gussie. A few weeks ago, months ago now, you said season ticket holder for the Strikers. Then, last two weeks ago, you said Olympic of my team. They've always been my team. You need to pick one and stick to it, mate. But preferably not before an FFA Cup semi final. 
Mate, come on. Mate, you go for the pa- you go for the Patriots. This is and a great Liverpool. point. This is a great point. He, he literally goes for point. the most bandwagon side in okay. in NFL okay. like history. The Patriots. My, You're not wrong. My grandpa and my dad. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, both, both lived in Liverpool. And you can't say Liverpool or a bandwagon. Well, there was okay, the okay, Patriots. Okay. Oh, Wrap it up. Wrap yeah. it up. We're running out of time. Let's go. Let's you're go. Breaking, you're breaking up. <laughs> you're breaking up. Well, Finn will continue. I just to hung enjoy. up on him. So um, <laughs> let's keep. Let's go. Let's Finn go. will continue to enjoy Japan while we enjoy the beautiful city of Brisbane. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Beyond the Sidelines podcast. We've thoroughly enjoyed you being with us. He's calling back. Let's go. We've got him back on the line. Wait a second. We're calling him. He, he, he called back. He wants to be back on. Oh, really? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. We continue. hung up on you, mate. Sorry. Continue. Um, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you check out the previous episodes on Spotify, YouTube, or Facebook. You can check out the page on Facebook um, at Beyond the Sidelines. Um, Instagram like at said. underscore Beyond the Sidelines underscore. Finn, can you please be quiet while I do this outro? Um, just go through and like all our photos because, um, you know, you can do that. Because we're vain like that. Yeah, well, we yeah. are vain. Why did they, why did they needs, take the numbers off the, the likes or whatever? The, val- the validation. Yeah, well, I do a lot of the social media stuff and it's it makes me feel good when people like the photos, you know. I'm, I am vain like that. I'm, I feel like a but 14-year-old girl. That's why I like people that's listening because I edit it. That's why Instagram what does got Finn rid do? of the likes though, mate, <laughs> to make you feel better about yourself. I am just... Oh, that's brilliant. Without me, there's no Finn in Japan segment. So. Oh, that, 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 yeah, that is true. He uh, adds the comedy. Anyway, exactly. we, we've enjoyed you having us, uh, having us you. in your ear holes. Having, we'll have to love <laughs> you, sir. Goodbye. Having you with us. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye, everyone. Hallelujah and Merry Christmas and good night.